UMass went into Cambridge on Black Friday for a matinee with Harvard and came out with a wild 6-5 victory. We're recapping everything that went down in this back-and-forth nail-biter of a game, and it's episode 100, so let's go! character hello everyone and welcome to episode 100 of high character it's been a long time coming our 100th episode and it couldn't have come at a better time umass went into cambridge and beat harvard six to five at nearly 50 shots an all-time road crowd for umass there's so many incredible things to talk about from this win that we could not be more excited to get into it my name is cameron and as as always my good pal evan is joining me evan how you feeling, brother? Dude, episode 100, massive dub against Harvard. The scoreline doesn't do it justice. I know we just said it was 6-5. It should have been about, you know, maybe maybe 12-3. <laughs> you know, like, we were all over them. Feeling great about this episode. Again, episode 100, man. That's – I didn't think we were going to be saying that, like, at least not this early. We've been cranking out episodes like you wouldn't believe. So, yeah, man, it feels awesome. You know, we'll probably get into it at the end of the episode, but just another big thanks to everybody who's been listening, you know, helping us hit 100. That's absolutely huge. And dude, couldn't be more ready to get into this episode. This is going to be a great one for sure. Yeah, we are so happy we got this game for number 100 because UMass played their asses off in this game. Yeah. Um, and it was a full three-period effort too. Um, over 14 shots each of the three periods. They only gave up a total of 22 to Harvard, so... Uh, and there's so many, so many conversations to be had about this game. So we'll just jump right into it. Um, the the lines for this game a little bit funky. Um, just this game in general was a little bit funky. It's yep. on Black Friday, a 4:30 start on the road. UMass had never played uh, at Harvard since 2003. I think the last time they played against Harvard in the regular season was 2007. Um, the last time they played against Harvard in general was the 2019. NCAA tournament. Obviously, we all know how that one went down. UMass took a nice four to four nothing win up in uh, where was it? Manchester, New Hampshire. Yes, sir. Um, yeah. So, like I said, the lines a little bit funky. We see Christian Sanda slide up to the first line in the absence of Michael Cameron. He got hurt last weekend and he's still out. Um, Owen Murray also got hurt last weekend and he is still out. We mm -hmm. see uh, Sebastian Turn Turnquist um, slide up to the third line defense. Lyndon Alger, the extra skater um seems pretty normal um outside of those two but yeah christian sanda on the on the first line was kind of the more eye-popping move before this game yeah it looked a little weird admittedly i mean i i didn't hate the idea when i first looked at it it was more or less just like kind of the shock value of like oh okay somebody who's normally on the fourth lines all the way up on the first but then when you look at it in the context of what's been going on with the team i get it sanda kind of a speed guy big time energy guy he might not have the the silky mitts or the crazy goal scoring ability of somebody like Michael Cameron. But I think what Michael Cameron brings to that line is the speed. And mm -hmm. I think that's kind of what Sanda is able to replace. Like he's going to be able to get those dump and chase type pucks. He might be able to maybe not cherry pick, so to say, but just be able to really attack the puck and kind of open up the play for, for Merckx and Lautenbach and basically anybody else that'll be, you know, out there, you know, on his line. So yeah, I, I don't really mind the decision at all. I mean, when you kind of look at it, who else is going to move up there? You really don't want to screw with the chemistry of other lines. So you're kind of just throwing in one of those, you know, basically the most 
like for like replacement, if that kind of makes sense with kind of who you have, that's not going to mess with the chemistry of lines two or three, because those are the ones that you really don't want to mess with. They've been buzzing recently. So you got to just keep the ball moving. And I think Sandal was a replacement for that for sure. Yeah. And, uh, couldn't really notice that there was that big of a change at the top. Sanda was a, a plus on the night and mm-hmm. uh, definitely flashed his speed a lot. So um, I think a good move to to bump him up to the first line there. I'm sure we'll see Michael Cameron come next weekend. Yeah, But uh, this game got underway. Large UMass contingent as it is every time that UMass plays sports at Harvard. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit more later on because this crowd was awesome. But uh, it didn't pay off immediately into the start of this game. Two, two minutes, 30 seconds in, um, a little before then, we see Sebastian Thornquist take pretty brutal penalty. Um, there's a delayed penalty. Harvard still has the puck. And they're able to do a little bit of a, a little wraparound, cross-crease. Ryan Fine is wide open in the in the low slot there to make it one nothing Harvard quickly. Yeah, I mean, crappy penalty to take from Thornquist, admittedly. Like, I I don't know. It, it They called it an interference. I don't, like... It was kind of a weird play. I mean, you kind of have to just let the guy go there because he was kind of just in the corner. But regardless of all that, I mean, this was one of the plays where we did not give Michael Rabble our best defensive effort. You know what I mean? Like he, as we'll talk about later on, he didn't have the greatest of nights by any stretch of the imagination. It's going to happen. He's young. We know we'll get into that later. But this is one that I certainly cannot pin on him. You know what I mean? Like there were a couple of goals that we could admittedly pin on him for tonight, but this was definitely not one of them. You have a guy wide open in front. We're gonna get we're gonna get destroyed. So, yeah, it really sucks at the end of the day. But yeah, it was kind of against the I don't want to say against the run of play, just because like I feel like we played okay and obviously we had all the momentum in in the you know like you were saying the crowd the crowd was amazing in terms of UMass supporters like that was absolutely huge. Um, I'm trying to remember like what what does the Minnesota Wild say? Don't they say like I think they like retired like the number one jersey number or something like that because they had like the number one fans in all the sports or whatever. It's like the class, like the like the twelfth man in football. Mm-hmm. We were just we were the twelfth man that night. I feel like we were just absolutely buzzing in the stands, and we were hoping that it would translate a bit more on the ice, but it didn't early on, which really really sucks to see. Yeah, kind of that weird uh, oh god feeling after this first yeah. one goes in. Uh, you said you can't pin this one too much on Reichel Harbel. I don't think that will totally be the case for the next one. Uh, Harvard is on the ensuing power play from the the Tornquist penalty. And they just get a shot all the way from the blue line. It doesn't seem like there's a ton of traffic in front, um, but Ryan Healy shoots it all the way out there and he puts it home to make it two nothing really quickly, less than five minutes into this one. I mean, you got number 29 for Harvard just kind of sitting up there in front of him. And I think McDermott might have been sort of in the way, but it was such a slow shot. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, even if you don't get the best of looks on it, he's a big dude. You know what I mean? Like, you know where you kind of have to cover in, in terms, you know, like you don't want to get beat short side like that. I feel like if you're if you're a big six foot seven tendy like that who's positionally sound, you you can't be getting beat at your at your near post like that, especially on such a floater of a shot. So this one I'm kind of pinning on him a little bit. Again, we we had a really bad start to this game. You know what I mean? Just the fact that we even had the power play against, and that was due to Tornquist kind of blunder in the corner on the previous play. Yeah, it sucks. And going down two nothing is not what you want to do against a team that ended up beating Cornell, you know what I mean? Before mm-hmm. us. So they were up three, two on, on Cornell, you know, in the previous game. So, I mean, things were looking a little dicey. I'll be honest. I wasn't feeling too good. I feel like the crowd was starting to kind of wane a little bit. We were kind of like, I don't want to say like we were down a little bit, but get a little restless. We, yeah. We need a yep. little bit of a spark and we didn't really have that from the boys on the ice. So yeah, again, five minutes in, not the best way to start off for sure. 
Yeah, UMass definitely picked up their play for the rest of this period. Um, a lot happened in this first period. A, a kind of a ref show here. Um, the refs were really bad uh, throughout, and we'll have more moments where we'll, we'll yeah. talk about them specifically. But there was a moment midway through the first period where Kenny Connors gets nearly killed in the corner. Um, really bad yep. hitting from behind. Not even a penalty. Nope. Um, we we all thought around us that it should have been five minutes. Play goes on, and not too much long. Too much later, um, we see Ben McDonald's weird weird neutral zone hit. Um, yeah. I forget who it was for UMass going down. It was, was Los Melis. Los Melis going down, yeah. um, and McDonald hits him in the head. They review it, and he ends up getting a five-minute major. So uh, UMass going on the five-minute power play there, maybe a bit of a, a delayed or a uh, makeup call for that Miss Connors one. But, yeah, the refs were uh, certainly putting on a show here in the fir- middle of the first period. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll go out on record and say I don't think that was a makeup call in the slightest. It was definitely five minutes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that was – I mean – so it was kind of a weird one, though, in the sense that, like, there was no game misconduct or 10-minute misconduct or nothing, which usually tends to get paired with five-minute majors, especially for head contact. I think the rationale, and, you know, I'm not a ref by any means of the of the imagination, but I'm assuming because there wasn't really any sort of major intent, it was kind of just like a weird, weird play where, like, I think Los Melos was kind of, like, ducking away from the play a little bit, and he just kind of, like kind of got caught after the fact like I don't think it was like initial crazy head contact and there wasn't anything like malicious in my opinion I mean I'm trying to go off of memory there but yeah I think that's why there wasn't any sort of misconduct that was called but yeah missing the Kenny Connors hit was insane to me you know what I mean and we were absolutely dominant on the ensuing you know power play we had five minutes of basically just complete don't zone dominance you know what I mean the thing that was crazy though for Harvard they were blocking shots left and right, dude. Like they were playing for their tendy in front of them. So you got to give them credit there. We ended up not scoring on that on that five minutes, but I feel like we were wearing them the hell down. You know, like they were taking a lot of big shot blocks right off the ankles, right off the legs. They were getting hurt. They were getting hit. So I think, you know, in the greater context of the game, I think that was really important for us just because that, you know, they couldn't really catch their breath. They were getting, you know, hurt a little bit. So I think that was huge for us, but yeah, sadly couldn't convert. Yeah, Harvard ends up with 12 block shots in this game. It almost seemed like most of them came in that five-minute penalty. Yeah, they genuinely did, yeah. Um, yeah, UMass is unable to score a pretty big letdown, so it's still still 2 nothing at this point. The refs take it over again. Uh, twice in the last five minutes, UMass and Harvard both get called for pretty much phantom slashing calls. Yeah. Um, Vanderboys for UMass it happened first. UMass is able to kill it. Ben McDonald, again, the guy who had the, the major penalty, gets called for slashing. Both of those really shouldn't have been called for slashing. Um, some of the some of the weaker calls that we've seen all season. But it went both ways, and UMass took advantage. On the yep. ensuing power play with about 40 seconds left in the period, we see a really nice pass from Idar Suniev from the faceoff dot, cross-crease to Jack Musa, nice little tip in front to redirect it on net, and UMass gets a goal to, to go 2-1 in the locker room. What a shocker. You know what I mean? Like that, and I'm saying that sarcastically. Like Musa net front tips, that's what he does. You know, he did it in the last series against Providence. He's been he's been huge for us. And I feel like this was kind of really important because if you go down into the intermission two nothing, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot. You know what I mean? Like there there really wasn't like, yeah, we were playing well, but in classic Carvey, you know, quote fashion, we weren't getting what we deserved, I feel like. We we were playing well enough to get something out of that first period. So the fact that we got something with like 30 seconds left, monumental. And it was from 
Granted, this line was a minus three on the night, I'm pretty sure. I think Lushmelis was only a minus one, but Musa and Suniev were both minus threes. Probably not the best game for them admittedly, but this moment right here was huge. I feel like that kind of, you know, erases a little bit of their, of their you know, negative plus minus a little bit because this was kind of the big spark that got us back into it for sure. Yeah, it was it was really good to see. Um, definitely carried momentum in that that crowd momentum too into the first intermission. UMass comes out for the second, and you could see that momentum really pay off immediately. Minute and a half in, got Scott Morrow kind of slithering his way through the Harvard defensive zone. Um, really, really kind of no match. Harvard takes the puck away once; he takes it right back. Um, they give him way too much space for Scott Morrow. He skates all the way into kind of the mid slot area just tucks one home to tie it up. So really, really dominant possession there for Morrow. Scott Morrow is him once again. <laughs> like, you know, like, say the line, Bart. Scott Morrow is great. Like, we just we got to say it. And that's, that's a perfect example of what he can do. Like, gliding into the zone effortlessly. You know what I mean? Like, unassisted goal. He was basically doing the work himself. Beautiful snipe. Like, he, he's really good at showing off that kind of quick release. And that right there was the epitome of a quick release. Like that was NHL caliber right there. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen stuff like that really out of most other players on this team. That's really a Scott Morrow thing with that type of quick wrister. So that was absolutely huge, especially to get off on the right foot early. Like you said, like tying that up this early completely swings everything. The crowd was going ballistic. We were right back in it, cheering the boys right on. It's not like we ever really faltered in that, you know, in that respect, but that really got us right back into the thick of things. And we were all feeling great for sure. Yeah. And uh, it just seems like Scott Morrow in these situations makes five on five, five plays seem like power plays every yeah, once in a while. A it's, lot, a lot. It's insane to watch. Um, Harvard got a really quick answer. Two minutes later, uh, another, another solo effort. Ryan Healy this time for Harvard. He takes it end to end. Some really nice dangies in on, uh, he's got, basically got in alone on Michael Hrabble. And Harvard takes the lead back right away. Yeah, that sucked. Like that, I'm pretty sure that ended up going up on like it was like a hockey east or no, it wouldn't have been hockey east. This is not conference. I think it was like everything college hockey is like top ten goals of the week or something like that. They put this goal right in there, and I mean it makes sense, right? Like literally took it by himself, skating right around. I mean Morrow kind of gets undressed here. He was caught flat footed, tried to make a cheeky little stick play, and just gets absolutely eviscerated by Healy. And he's basically just in all alone. We tried to cover the the cross crease pass, which we did well. But Hrabble, again, kind of not covering his near post. He, this is the second time he gets beat on the near post. Mm -hmm. I don't know what he was thinking positionally. I don't know if these nets like aren't regulation size or something. Like I don't <laughs> know if he's just like, I don't know what was going on in his head. But I feel like this is another case. Hrabble could have done a little bit better positionally. I feel like he just wasn't covering his near post as well as he should. And yeah, I mean, going down again, you know, that was a quick answer. But I think we're going to be talking about an even quicker answer right after this goal for UMass. Yeah, this period was absolutely insane. Just a lot of action back and forth. Like you said, UMass immediately answers. 23 seconds later, you see UMass have the puck in their offensive zone. They give Lyndon Alger way too much space. UMass goes low to high. Alger ends up with the puck at the faceoff dot. We haven't really seen this in his UMass career. He nips one home. Uh, immediate answer for UMass to tie the game at three. I think what happened was, was that on the back of his jersey, you take the number five and you kind of just connect like the loop a little bit and it turns into a six. I think he got Ufko's shooting ability right there <laughs> out of nowhere. Like, 
that's not what you see out of Lyndon Alger. Like, granted, he's not really the type of guy to get these sorts of grade-A scoring chances. I, I will say, absolutely amazing game out of Lyndon Alger tonight. Uh, spoiler alert, I don't think we're going to give him any sort of specific award for it. He looked great, both yeah. offensively and defensively. He's been a great story. I compared him kind of like to Colin Felix. Really wasn't a majorly hype prospect when he joined the team originally. He was kind of just like a local kid. Probably was going to be the extra defenseman most times. He's looking like a mainstay right, right, you know, right about now. He looked really good last year. He's looking great this year. Beautiful shot on him from this. He looked like Ovi. <laughs> like that was just, that was freaking ridiculous, man. So, yeah, what was that? Eighteen seconds after we got scored on, or twenty-three. 23, yeah, I can't yep. do math right now. But, yeah, unbelievable goal out of him to nod it right back up. We were going ballistic in the stands. Like, you see Lyndon Alger, their top of the faceoff dot, and he's he's nipping stuff like that, bro. He's he's firing on all cylinders, and we were fully right back into it. it yeah, it was a, a great feeling in the crowd, and you could tell on the bench. But UMass, they, they did it a couple times in this game. They they make a blunder, and they don't take advantage of that positive momentum. We see Ryan Ufko take one of the dumber penalties you'll ever see in the neutral zone uh, about a minute later. He just is kind of lazy to pick up the puck. Harvard guy skates in, and he just checks him. Clear interference call away from the puck. Um, and on that ensuing power play, UMass, they break down. Harvard goes uh, high, high, low, high, basically, find a guy wide open in the slot. And less than two minutes later, they take the lead yet again. Yeah, I mean, this one, defensive blunder, 100%. It's not on Harabel. He he did what he could, you know what I mean? Like, you're getting a wide-open one-timer from the from the mm-hmm. low slot like that. Things are going to happen. I'm blaming this one on Ninasari a bit. It seemed like he kind of just lost his guy. I feel like he was supposed to have his stick kind of in that passing lane or even just have his body there. He basically doubled up on on Mercury to cover the same guy. And he didn't have his stick in the right spot to stop any sort of passing lane. That's on him, in my opinion. Not a great look there. I think I think both teams' power plays were forty percent on the night. I think they were both two two of five. So I mean, special teams were a pretty big part of tonight's play. And this, yeah, this was not a good look on our on our penalty kill for sure. Our penalty kill hasn't been amazing this season, if I remember correctly. So I mean, this is just another kind of reason, you know, that I feel like we can say that because. Didn't have a good one tonight or last night. No, two nights ago at this point. Jeez, we yeah, we're recording this on Sunday morning, but yeah, I mean, not not great for sure, but definitely uh, things things do start to improve a little bit later on, especially going into the third period, which is a good sign. Yeah, and things don't change on the score sheet a whole lot in the next ten minutes. UMass dominating possession, getting a lot of really good chances, just can't find anything, and kind of against against the grain here, we see. Harvard with the puck, or uh, UMass actually with the puck behind Rabel. Um, Ufko, again, he gets a little <laughs> too cute with it. Um, he gets stripped of the puck. Cam Johnson, Harvard players, behind the UMass net. He just tosses it on Harabel. I think it goes off from, from the left side of the net. It goes off Harabel's right leg and in five hole um, from behind the goal line. You can't have that, um, and it ends a pretty rough night for Harabel. He gets yanked for Cole Brady after this one. Yeah, I mean, I think as Heat Daddy would say, famous famous Twitter user, he would call this the rock star zone, but I wouldn't call this a rock star goal in the in the slightest. I mean, that you're literally behind the goal line. I could see if it was like some crazy Michigan move or something like that. Dude literally slapped it into the crease and prayed. Like, that was it, mm-hmm. you know? And again, you could tell it just wasn't Rabble's night. This is his second time in his last three or four outings that he's gotten pulled because he played both Providence games. And he looked great. 
You know what I mean? His bounce back was huge, but again, just like the Vermont series, he, he lets up, you know, some soft goals and he ends up getting yanked. So bit of inconsistency there. It's, it's gonna, it's gonna happen again. We, we say this time and time again, he's going to have some amazing games because he's a highly ranked prospect and he clearly has the ability. Kids 18 years old, you know, he's going to have some blunders. There's going to be growing pains. Kid's not perfect. Nobody should be expecting him to be perfect. He's been overperforming expectations so far this season. I think that's fair to say. We got to take the good with the bad with him. And it's just another case of we're going to have some bad times. It is what it is. But realistically, I felt extremely good about this game because the only reason why this game was even remotely close was mainly due to, you know, two two blunders from from Crabble, you know. The the second goal from Ufko, if you think you think about it. Honestly, yeah. I mean Ufko was a big was a big reason for that as well. So I mean, I feel like if you look at it from the outside perspective of just, you know, not looking at those two, you know, individuals there, we're we're absolutely eviscerating this team. We're out shooting him, I think, at this point, like in the thirties to like the the low teens. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think Crabble let in what was it, five goals on fifteen shots or something like that. I'm going off memory here. That sounds about right. Dude had like a sixty six percent save percentage, I'm pretty sure. Like we we finished the game giving up what twenty two yeah. shots, and five yeah, goals I, allowed, ten saves for Rabel. That's what I'm saying. It was five on fifteen. So I mean that's yeah. pitiful. And we were out yeah, shooting. You know, we basically were out shooting the hell out of them. We looked at outright dominant. You know what I mean? At least offensively, it just seemed like something was going to have to break through at this point. We had we had to get something back. Yeah, and uh, for to their credit, UMass picked up Ufko and their young goalie yet again. Less than a minute later, we see Lucas Vanderboys in the offensive zone. Harvard gives him way too much room to skate. He gets to, to handle the puck for a little bit, and he nips one from the faceoff dot. Pretty similar to the goal that Scott Morrow scored earlier in this game. And UMass, they score another one to get within one going into the intermission yet again. Vanderboys, man, I <laughs> he – is not known for scoring goals. You know what I mean? Like not really a self-proclaimed skill guy in any stretch of the imagination, but Hey man, traffic out in front. He finds the, he finds the near post. You know what I mean? We were getting beat on our near post with our attendee. We're beating them on their near post with their attendee. It's just an offensive type of game. It's going to happen. Like sometimes you get basketball games that end like 140 to 132. Sometimes you get basketball games that end 85 to 81. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you're just going to have high scoring games. And that was just the type of game that we had. Amazing shot from Vanderboys, man. You know what I mean? That was huge. The Selly was awesome. He was fired up. The boys were fired up. The entire arena, because it was 90% UMass fans, was fired up. Like, it seemed like, I mean, no offense to Harabble at all, but it just seemed like when we got Cole Brady in there, the boys just kind of picked it up again. You know what I mean? I don't know if it's, you know, sometimes it's just a case of having a new goalie. You get some fresh energy in, you know, clean slate, if you will. I think that was what happened. I think we just kind of, put everything past us. We just said, we're going in, we're winning this goddamn hockey game. And that's what they were going to do. Yeah. It really felt like UMass was going to come out on top, even when they yeah. were down going into the second intermission, five to yep. four, they come out absolutely blazing, blazing. in the third period. Uh, they draw a couple quick penalties at the start of this period. One of them, I believe was a tripping. Another was a phantom slashing call from mm-hmm. this refereeing crew that probably shouldn't have been called, but it did. They had a, a solid minute 30 of five-on-three power play. They're not able to score in the in the minute 30 of that. It got pretty frustrating. But just seconds after the first penalty gets killed, Lucas Mercury 
Um, he ends up on the receiving end of a tic-tac-toe cross crease. Really nice looking goal. And UMass ties it up early in the third. Yeah, and this was from Ninasari and uh, I'm pretty sure Connors. Connors on the cross crease pass was nuts. Really, really good job by, by Ninasari to kind of fake the shot and then put it over to the to the faceoff dog for Connors to eventually pass it. Very, very well worked goal. I mean, this entire line, I feel like Kenny Connors was ridiculous in this period. Samoy Ninasari gets himself two assists in this period. Those guys were just absolutely buzzing. You know what I mean? Great finish for Mercury. Granted, kind of a tap-in. You know what I mean? Like, the Harvard goal, Harvard goalie was absolutely filthy all night. Um, I don't know if it, at what point in the third period it was, but he basically had to save a complete cross-creaser. He was genuinely diving with, like, his blocker in the air, basically saving a top shelf. Probably one of the most unreal saves I'd ever seen in my entire life. We should have won this game by probably six goals. You know what I mean? Like, it was pure domination. When we say it was a 6-5 victory, that doesn't do it justice at all. This was probably the best offensively I have maybe ever seen this team play ever. Like, we deserved so many more goals. We had, like, 13 guys on the score sheet, and this was just a perfect reason why. You know, we were firing on all cylinders right here for sure. Yeah, the crowd was on its feet at this moment. The players going crazy on the bench. You see Mercury fired up, as always. And just a couple minutes later, the boys are buzzing on offense again. Uh, we see a shot, a pass down to Kolohara in front, who's got his back to the net. He immediately passes it to Connors in the low slot, who has a really, really nice dangle move. And he takes the lead. He puts it past the Harvard goalie to make it 6-5 UMass. Dude, he looks kind of like Leno there, don't you think? Mm. Like, I've seen yeah. John Leno. I'm pretty sure. Hold on. Was it against <laughs> Harvard or was it against Notre Dame? Where I remember John Leonard had the puck right on the doorstep. He faked it backhand, went around the net almost, but then cut it backwards onto his forehand and then flipped the top shelf. That was that was Notre Dame. It was Notre I Dame. That one. Yep. Okay, I wasn't sure. I remember. I can see the goal in my head right now. It is replaying perfectly. I just couldn't yep. fill in the blank when it came to the jersey on the tendy there. But I believe there's a photo of that in the, or at least there was in the practice rink at Mullins. I could totally see that. I'm gonna yeah. have to check that out at some point. But yeah, no, it looked very reminiscent of that in my eyes. Just extremely calm and collected, like. I feel like Kenny Connors this season has kind of snatched his chances a little bit. I feel like he's had a lot of opportunities where he could get clean one-timers in the face-off dot on the power play on five on five play. I feel like he should have more goals than he has this season. Mm -hmm. It seems like in this exact instance that we're talking about right here, something time just slowed down for him. Something was working in his head. He felt confident. He felt calm and collected and he did what he had to do. Nice little backhand forehand slid it right across that's all you can ask. You know what I mean? He looked great on this play. I'm hoping that we see this more often this season out of him because we know that he has that ability. Yeah, we were talking before. If we gave CCCs for each period, he gets it for this third period. 100%. Um, he, he looked very good offensively. And, yeah, like we said, UMass takes a 6-5 lead. They're dominating this period. Harvard, Puck, I don't even know how many times. They're getting just real desperate. Um, down the stretch – UMass takes a couple bad penalties. Elliot mm -hmm. McDermott, a clear tripping call about halfway through. UMass is able to kill it off. And with just a, just over a minute and a half left, we see a, a bad slashing call on Aaron Bollinger. <laughs> um, kind of kind of worst case scenario, UMass should have been able to extend their lead, but they're not. Still a one-goal lead, and Aaron Bollinger takes this bad penalty. Um, you really don't like to see it. And then I, I guess I'll, I'll bring in this, this part of the, the conversation. Um, another, another last little, uh, bad, bad effort from the refs here on this power play on the Aaron Bollinger penalty. 
uh, pretty soon after the call. UMass ices the puck down. Shouldn't be a whistle because they're they're shorthanded. Um, the refs call it icing. Never, never once seen that at any level of hockey that I've ever watched before. Um, so that that could have cost UMass. Really, really weird situation, and they heard it from the UMass crowd. I've never seen anything like it. Dude, I genuinely think I might have lost my voice booing the referees right there. I couldn't have been more upset when I saw that. Like, I'm sitting there thinking, like, a hand pass, a high stick, like what could have happened there? And you'd just see the linesman just happen to show it's like, that's on me, man. That's on me. Like, shut up, bro. Like, what do you, you know what I mean? Like be a normal ref. Like that's absolutely, there have been so many missed calls. There were some suspect icings. I'm pretty sure. Like I understand that referees are humans and they're not perfect, but like they teach you that very first day of hockey ref school. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what was that play there that, you know, I mean, granted, at least it was a face-off in the neutral zone. Like, I guess that's one way to rectify it, but like, holy hell, man. Like, that's, that's absolutely insane. So that had me absolutely heated. I was so nervous. Like, if that was what was, you know, granted, I get it's just one, you know, it was one clearance. It might have shaved another 10 seconds off the off the timer, and they would have been right back up there trying to, you know, get back into our zone it probably wouldn't have had the craziest impact on the game, right? But, like, that right there was an absolutely nuts blunder from the refs. Like, I, I like you said, genuinely have never seen something like that in my life. I actually uh, disagree with you on it, the impact that it could have had. Um, I think this was a major, major um, blown call here. What's to say uh, Harvard has trouble getting the puck back into their zone after – after this, what if UMass kind of stifles them in the neutral oh, zone? Definitely. Um, there's so much on the line here in a one goal game. If if UMass gives up a goal when they shouldn't have, oh, it's no. six it's six six, it goes to overtime. Like there's so many pairwise and record implications. What if what if Harvard takes like puts it in, uh ties the game, it goes to overtime, UMass loses in overtime, they finish 17th in the pairwise this season. Like that could have been a monumental blown call and i'm glad i'm so glad it didn't have a an effect on the end of this game yeah i mean i just don't want to i don't want to like play too much of like you know butterfly effect you know what i mean i feel like that like that took that was probably a 10 out of 10 on the mental gymnastics scale right there that's an olympic gold right there you know what i mean <laughs> like i'm just saying like the amount of like you know extrapolation and you know theory crafting that you had to get to come up with that exact outcome that's a lot, man. I wasn't willing to do that in the you know 15 seconds I had to articulate that thought. <laughs> and and I mean, I get that from your part. That's totally what could have happened. But like, I feel like in the same vein, right? Like if, you know, if we at least had a neutral zone, you know, face off at that point, if they win that face off, they're going to have to, you know, go and get the puck back into the zone anyway, mm-hmm. whether it's from behind their own net on a retrieval from a dump or from a face off one in the neutral zone. They would have had to have entered the zone and came up with their game plan regardless. So that's why I don't feel as bad about it because if Harvard would have, you know, tied the game up on that, on that play, I genuinely don't think it would have been due to, you know, a refing error like that. I feel like we should have played better. You know, realistically, it would have been on Bollinger. (laughs) Like we shouldn't have taken that crappy penalty. You know, I don't, I don't blame it fully on the refs. Yes. Was it a bad call? Of course. But there's a lot more context at play there that I feel like could play into us potentially losing that game in overtime if that even ended up happening. 
I feel like we're going way too doom and gloom. But we won the freaking game 6-5, bro. <laughs> we're loving life right now. Life is good. Like, yeah, we are. I, I'm certainly butterfly affecting that. I just I just hate to see that call in such, oh, a, for sure, dude. such a big moment. But uh, UMass is able to get the job done. I think Nina, I think it's Ninasari who holds the puck in the corner for yeah. solid 30 seconds yep. at one point in this penalty kill. Harvard doesn't really get any solid chance in the in the minute and a half of this power play. And that's the game. UMass wins 6-5 to five on the road. The crowd's 90% UMass crowd is absolutely fired up. We get a big uh, fist bump and claps from Coach Carvey from the team on their way off the ice. What a What a fantastic feeling on the road. Fantastic crowd and a, an overall great win. I think UMass ends up with 49 shots to Harvard's 20-something. Um, if I have that one right. Yeah, 49 to 22. So yeah. um, a dominant performance. The score didn't totally reflect it, and it it felt real good to be there in person for that one. For it was sure. too much of a friggin' nail-biter for the amount of dominance that we portrayed in that game. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's very fair to say. Yes, like, absolutely. We that game shouldn't have been even remotely close. You know what I mean? You get a couple of, you know, you get a couple more saves out of Rabble, that right there, and then you take away a couple of monumental 10 bell A plus saves out of Aku Finnish last name Koskinvo. I know I can do Ninasari like the back of my hand, but I can't do this guy. I'm decent at some Finnish last names, and some of them are terrible at. But yeah, I mean, you take away a couple of 10 bell saves out of him, bro. That's like a freaking 10-3 game you know what i mean like there's no way around that so i mean that's by far the best i've seen us offensively i feel like we deserved every second of that we again it shouldn't have even been close so the fact that it was even close yeah does it kind of suck did we get the dub and we get out of there you know from what was realistically a pretty a pretty bad goalie performance out of us i feel like cole brady did his job when he was called upon i feel like rabble didn't look the best that night. It is what it is. We're not going to get him, you know, every night saving 30 something shots against the number five ranked Providence. You know, it's not going to happen every time, but we have the ability from at least our offense at the bare minimum. We had a couple defensive lapses. It is what it is. Get the dub. We're smiling right now. Life's good. Yeah. And the opportunity for this to really be like a 10 to two game is there. Um, yeah. You have the, the torn quist penalty that was ended up being two goals because one yep. of the delayed the Ufco penalty um, that led to a goal, the Ufco blunder and travel bad effort there that led to another. That's that's four yep. <laughs> out, of their, out of their five. So um, it really was a dominant performance. Coach Carvel agrees. Uh, here's his quote after the game. He said, that's as dominant of a game that I've had a team play here in a long time. I thought, oh, the page just refreshed on me. Oh, no. As I was reading. Jesus. Technical difficulties. Um, <laughs> I thought our team was outstanding tonight. We played to our identity really well. I thought we were all over them all night long. We just didn't get saves. We've seen that before recently, and we've got to get that part figured out. But otherwise, this team is moving in a great direction. And I agree with him. Um, mm-hmm. Really, really solid effort from the boys. And I think one thing particularly of note is the conditioning of this team this yes. season. is much better yeah. than it was last year, if you want to talk about that. Dude, that – I genuinely wouldn't have even thought to make that point. That is such a well-articulated point. Like, we – you know, especially last season, I feel like last season was kind of the big one. You know what I mean? Like, we would just find ourselves getting gassed. You know, other teams would come from behind. This is another case. We've had – this is our third game in a row, essentially. Going to the third down. We, we go into the third period yeah. down and we just look like a completely different team in comparison to our opponents. Like 
I, I don't know what we have to do. Maybe at Mullins, like, do we just put, like, third period up on the board every <laughs> single period, and maybe that will kick them into overdrive yeah. every time? I don't know what we have to do, but this third period is different. I don't know if we're just getting better at pep talks. Like, Harvey just knows how to dig in deep and get the most out of these guys. I don't know what it is. I would love to be in the in in the room for a third period pep talk. Like, I I feel like that would be like you ever see like what is it like the Miracle on Ice clip where they're just like we will not lose this game or whatever the hell he says. I don't remember. That's literally what Carvey's been doing these past three games. You know, like the boys are figuring it out. I don't know if we're just making better adjustments or what, but yeah, the execution is just there, and I feel like just the speed is there. You know what I mean? Like we're able to get zone entries like you wouldn't believe we're able to just make passes connect to our twigs and just make shots better the team just looks better so i'm super happy with how we were able to come back for the third time in a row i feel like that cannot be overstated like third three no the fact that we're even down in these games i i hate seeing that it kind of brings me back to the point from from last week when we were talking in episode 99 like i want to see more dominance and i feel like we did see that dominance it just yeah. wasn't shown from the 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 goaltender perspective which we've harped on already so i'm not going to go on that anymore but yeah offensively we got what we needed and i've been very very happy about that recently so i'm hoping that that continues especially against uh, vermont next weekend yeah in in my head canon coach carvey's giving a miracle on ice speech every second intermission yeah. and it's going to come full circle when he gives a miracle on ice speech in the actual locker room that it happened in against in lake Placid. yep it's gonna come full circle. That'll be a that'll be a great spot in the uh, in the national championship documentary. But Good uh, Lord, yeah, man. UMass the the tools are certainly there. Obviously, it's a young team, and we see those young mistakes happen from time to time. But by God, man, if this team can get it like fully figured out down this the stretch of the second half of this season, I I think it's a legitimate national title contender. Like if they play like this offensively, if they play games like this and if they can limit those dumb penalties that they've been taking and get a little bit better goaltending i know that's a kind of a lot of ifs um for a second half of the season but i genuinely believe this team is right up there with the best of them in the country okay so here's what we need to happen all right i just came up with this on the spot we need a three-team trade with the carolina hurricanes the nashville predators and the colorado avalanche where basically colorado sends out a bunch of like really good players or something like that that aren't defensemen Scott Morrow and Ufko join the Colorado system. Mm. They don't need them to play in the NHL or AHL immediately because they're so stacked defensively with the likes of Kale McCarr, you know, and those other really good UMass related guys. And basically Colorado's like, hey, UMass, you can keep Morrow and Ufko for one more season, all right? And then we can just bring back that entire defensive core. Obviously, Sands the Ufko mistakes tonight or, you know, two nights ago. But if we can keep them next season – I think that might go down as an easy tournament favorite. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the fact that we're most likely going to lose both of them, you know, after this season is a friggin' travesty, man. And I'm going to be honest. I mean, if anybody were to go back and watch our episodes from last season, we weren't saying that last season. We were not particularly impressed with either of them. You know what I mean? So the turnaround, you know, I mean, granted the whole team has gotten better. I feel like, you know, yeah. their improved performances are definitely a byproduct of more team depth. They were playing like 30 minutes a game last season. That's majorly why we were looking like a gas team in the third period. Yeah, it's because sure. we didn't have any depth that we could lean on. We can roll four lines now and have them be dangerous. You know what I mean? Maybe maybe not so much the fourth line. Like Vanderboy's had a nice goal. Don't get me wrong. And, you know, Cam O'Neill scored a goal against Providence. So they're starting to heat up a little bit. You know, that fourth line's looking a lot better. But 
you know, the top three lines have been scoring. You know, our power play has been buzzing. You just got to clean up the penalty kill and clean up the tend- you know, the goaltending a little bit, mainly just from a consistency perspective. And we are smiling going forward. You know what I mean? I feel like we're smiling right now. But we could be doing, again, so much better than we already are. Absolutely. And I think I might be getting a little ahead of myself here, but uh, one smaller reason I have a lot of confidence in at least the postseason for this team um, if UMass is to make our NCAA regional, it'll be in Springfield, Mass, mm-hmm. at the Mass Mutual Center, um, for sure. Like they're technically the host of it, it's so guaranteed. they would yeah. they would be playing there. That crowd would be absolutely legendary. That would be an all time UMass hockey moment. So um, if we if we can get to that spot, I really like our chances. I feel like that'd be awesome. Yeah, I'm curious to see who to get pl- placed in a group with. But again, it is late November. We have we have a long, uh, you know, we have a lot of time to go. So, like you said, when you prefaced it with you're getting in, you know, ahead of yourself, you are. Let's be honest here. But you know, it is what it is. I I I com- I fully agree with what you're saying, though. I think, you know, we again we have like that 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 12th man award, if you will. You know, like UMass when we so when we played against Minnesota in that heartbreaking come from behind victory against Min or you know loss against Minnesota back in was that two years ago? Twenty two. Yeah, so yeah. back in twenty twenty two. So ten only one year ago, but mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Um the crowd was massive, you know, the DCU center. That was yeah. absolutely insane. Now, if we do that in Springfield, bro, where we have I mean, I don't actually know because we have a lot of fans in the in the eastern mass area, but I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like it'd be roughly about the same. We yeah. have that place rocking. The Mass Mutual Center would be going crazy. So that would be huge. But again, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here. You know, let's let's kind of focus on what we can control right now. Let's let's win against Vermont. Let's win against Alaska. And then, you know, we can go into the break and we can fantasize all we want while we're thinking while we're driving to Lake Placid. You know what I mean? I think that'll be a fun time. Yeah, I'm just en- enjoying those uh this win and the, the uh episode one hundred vibes, I think. And getting uh-huh. a little excited here. Hundred percent. Um do you want to jump into awards? For this Let's game? get it, dude. Awards are going to be pretty fun. <laughs> this, this, this is a good one. Yeah. Um, so CCC is the first award we give out. Carvel's character and compete. Basically, the player of the game. And in this case, it's going to be players of the game. Mm-hmm. Last week, we gave the good try award to all of the UMass centers in the faceoff dot. Um, a little unprecedented from us. And we're flipping the script on this one. The CCC is going to all the, the centers yet again. They were 51 and 23 in the dot. That's an absolutely yeah. insane clip. Um, specifically, Lucas Vanderboys, 11 and 0. He didn't yeah. lose the face off. All the rest of them were in the positive. And also, three goals from this group in this game Lucas Mercury, Kenny Connors, Lucas Vanderboys, they all scored goals. So, what an absolutely crazy turnaround from how they played against Providence. They're more than deserving of this award as a collective. Dude, I love the fact that we could kind of, you know, flip the script a little bit. You know, we take the good try and we turn it into a into a, a CCC because mm-hmm. that just shows improvement. You know, they realized where we were, where we were struggling, where we needed to improve, and we improved it wholeheartedly. I'm gonna, I did, I did some some quick maths, as the kids say. 69% from the faceoff dot with nice. those numbers. That is a nice faceoff nice. percentage, if I do say so. So, yeah, I mean, even Liam Gorman apparently got in on the action a little bit with, with a, he had one faceoff win. So that's pretty cool. I mean, according to the, wait a second. Is that even right? Yeah, I'm seeing that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so it looks like he got one as well. Mm-hmm. Wait, is he? Is he even in the lineup? Am I stupid? Yeah, he was the, he was the fourth line right winger, I'm pretty sure. Right? Was it? Yeah, Vanderboys, O'Neill, yep. and Gorman. Okay, I'm just making sure. I think technically yeah. the left winger, but yeah. 
Okay, I wasn't. Yeah, whatever. Sorry, but um, yeah, dude. Inside the faceoff, I mean, like like you were saying before, eleven and zero, bro, undefeated. Lucas Vanderboys, what a game from him, dude. Like, yeah, I mean, realistically, what a game from basically everybody there. Like, Lochmelis was probably taking a couple of those faceoffs, like you know, still reeling from that head contact a little bit. So I mean, the fact that he managed to Connors too. Yeah, no, so, yeah, <laughs> honestly, when he got crunched along the boards as well. So I mean, absolutely insane play from from all of those centers. They looked absolutely amazing and. They just contributed to the overall dominance of UMass there. It felt awesome to see. It really did. Um, great to see them flip the scripts on the Providence series. Um, so good effort from those guys. The good try award. Um, guy who we think can do a little bit better for the next game. Um, we're, we're going same vein. Episode 100. We're getting a little wonky here, but I, I think it's well-deserved. Um, last week we gave the CCC, again, unprecedented to two guys, Michael Hrabble and Ryan Ufko. Um, Ufko had two goals. The, one of the overtime winners, Rabble, with a very nice bounce back weekend. This good guy, this good try is going to the both of them as yeah. well. We've talked at length about these two so far in this episode. Obviously, Michael Rabble giving up five goals, a couple of soft ones that you'd like to have back. Um, and Ryan Ufko, penalty in a really bad spot. He's let some pucks go through his stick at the blue line in this game. And then obviously the uh, the lost puck that ends up being Rabble's last goal given up of the night. So. They were both CCC last week. We have, we have to give the good try to both of them this week. Yeah, I mean, it, it only makes sense, right? Like, they, I mean, Ufko, just nothing was was really sticking to his quid. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, the puck, just, there was like a repellent in there. I don't know what was happening. Like, try and pass it to him up along the blue line. Couldn't corral the puck, really. He gets stripped for that, you know, basically horrendous goal out of both of them. You know what I mean? He got stripped cleanly, and then Rabble just lets in, you know, the, the short side, weird little... I don't even know behind the goal line blunder. It is what it is, but yeah, I mean, they just, you know, again, the inconsistency is what's a little, I don't want to say concerning, right? Because I mean, in Rabble's case, yeah, he's young. And in Ufko's case, dude had one bad game. You know what I mean? It's not even like it was over the course of an entire weekend. He had one bad game, especially coming back from having two tremendous games. Like it's going to happen. You can't expect everybody to be lights out every single night. And I feel like we, we tend to preface that a lot with these awards because it feels a bit a bit harsh at times. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it it's not even like, you know, you want to give, you know, you don't want to rag on guys because you know that they're trying their best. You know, it's just right. they were on the unfortunate end of some bad plays. And it's got to happen. Look, we, we say it a lot that we give this because we know that they can be better. So yeah, like we've already seen that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, we've seen them completely take over games by themselves. In this case... They didn't do that, and they might have done a little bit worse than average. It it happens, you know mm -hmm. what I mean. So, yeah, it sucks to call people out on that, but it if if you're gonna look at a game where there was general dominance throughout every other facet of the game, they were the weak spots, and it's pretty easy to kind of call them out and say, hey, you know, let's try and do a little bit better next time. You know what I mean? Because if we can match the mentality of the rest of the team, just being absolutely dominant, if they get back to that, this game would have been. Probably the biggest one-sided victory I would have ever seen out of out of UMass ever. You yeah. know what I mean? It would have been insane, for sure. And unsh I'm sure they'll bounce back. Unsure if Rabble will get the start next week against Vermont. I, think I don't think so. A good chance we'll see Cole Brady, but um, Ufko certainly will bounce back, and Rabble will uh, in due time this season. So we're not we're not concerned with either of those guys. Yes, sir. All right, let's jump to our custom award. So uh, I, I guess I'll go first this time. The award that I'm giving out is Mullins East, and obviously this one's very self-explanatory. We had a dominant UMass crowd in Harvard. 
Um, and that's kind of been the case for all UMass games at Harvard. UMass really shows up specifically for hockey and basketball at these two schools. We saw it for men's basketball last season, a, yes, a crazy UMass crowd and ended up willing that team to victory. We see it again here. UMass, it was, it was a fantastic crowd to be a part of, and they definitely felt it down on the ice. I have a couple quotes here. Uh, Lucas Mercury said, shout out to all the UMass fans. It was amazing. It was like a home game. Carvey said it was great to see. If this was 4,000 fans against us, it might not have been as easy to overcome the deficit. It felt like a home game. So um, you know when when we can make our presence felt by all the guys out on there in the ice, we're, we're doing something good. And it was one of those, like, well, the season will be over and we'll look back at this game as kind of one of those all-time moments. It's it's fantastic to get wins on the road and even better when you kind of dominate the the, uh, the home fans. So really fun to see. So this award's going out to all the fans that showed up for this one, including ourselves, I guess. I guess we yeah. have an award here, but it was it was so fun to be a part of. Dude, 100%. I mean, that that right there, I feel like the, the, the name of the game there is fun for sure. Mm-hmm. Like – you, you could kind of see, you know, after the handshake line, Carvey was giving us all, you know, thumbs up. And he was he was loving, like, give a big, like, fist bump to the air. He, he, you know, he acknowledged it immediately. Mercury was going crazy on the ice. He was like, let's go, guys. Like, everybody, you know, you could see it. Lyndon Alger, I think he was beaming some smiles. You know, Vanner yep. Boyce was doing it, too. Dude, everybody was just loving life at that point. And, I mean, you know, they can see it. They can feel it. And so can we. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's it's – what's the term a symbiotic relationship mm-hmm. you know what i mean like they feed off of our energy we feed off of theirs and it just keeps rolling and that was what we did it it felt awesome you know what i mean like me and you we were talking about it the week before we were saying hey get butts in those seats at harvard you know what i mean it's not a massive arena so if we if we fill it out like we should it's gonna get loud and rowdy and by god did it you know what i mean it was it was a great time for sure so yeah i thought it was it was a great game you know everybody was loving it so Hoping we can do that again. Maybe up in Lake Placid. We'll see. But, yeah, it was definitely a fun one for sure. I don't think it'll happen against uh, Vermont, though, because I don't know if we're – I don't think we're going to be making that trek out there. So, No, Friday night in Burlington's pretty tough That's for all tough parties. Um, yeah, yeah we, we won't be making that trip. But, uh, yeah, it was it was fantastic to see. I went back and looked at the, uh, the bad icing call earlier in this game just to see what the crowd reaction was and – it, it fully sounded like it was Mullen Center with all those boos after that happened. It's pretty funny to see. So great, great effort from the fans here in this one. It was it was awesome. For sure. And then I'm going to move on to my award. Again, this is going to be a crazy one. It's episode 100. We're flipping scripts all over the place. I'm going to do something that I never thought I would ever do in the history of this show. I And bear with me. I might get some boos, you know, live, you know, from people <laughs> that are listening to this. I don't know. We'll see. But I'm giving it to the Harvard goalie. I'm giving it to Aku Koskinvo. I'm I'm giving this the the should have been double digits award. Shouts out to Cameron for the naming on that one. Bro faced 49 shots, dude. And like he came up with some absolutely huge saves where I was literally my hat was in my hands. You know, my hands were over my eyes thinking, what is going on here? How are we not scoring more? Like, yeah, I understand that the award is going to the Harvard goalie. But realistically, it's a reflection of how well UMass did in this game. You know what I mean? Like, we were throwing everything that we had on this guy. And he was coming up big. You know? Like, I I can't think of the last time where we outshot a team this badly. You know? And this guy was getting absolutely, you know, I, I'm not going to say no help. Because on that five-minute major, they were blocking shots, if you wouldn't believe. But I think they basically used up all of their penalty kill juice on that one penalty kill. 
and every other penalty kill that we had or power play that we had was just pure and utter dominance. You know, mm-hmm. he had to basically save almost everything by himself. And the dude still let in six. He should have let in double digits, which is why I'm naming the award that. Like, this game should have been 10-3, 11-3, maybe. Like, throughout some absolutely insane cross-crease saves, you know, stopping pucks that he could barely even see. He he put up a great performance, and I don't think I was expecting that. Like, his save percentage, right, if I, if I look this up right now, after that game, his save percentage is still above 900. Dude's goals against average is a 382. Like, how do you have almost a four goals against average and your save percentage is over 900? That means you're facing like 40 shots a game on average. Harvard, figure out your damn defense. Give this guy some help. So, yeah, that's that's where I'm coming from on the award. I'm giving it to the goalie. But realistically, it's a UMass award, right? Because he wouldn't be earning this goal, this this award if we weren't peppering him with shots 24-7. So Yeah, hey, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna gush about the goalie for Harvard in this game, but I'll, it's well deserved. I'll say that. Yeah, no, for sure. There. Yeah. Um, that's it for awards. Is there anything that you wanted to discuss about this game before we jump into uh, our upcoming weekend game against Vermont? Yeah, I think we can just go right into it. I mean, there shouldn't be that much to talk about for Vermont. We faced them yeah. fairly recently, but yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, so uh, the first repeat team on the schedule, UMass is headed up to Burlington on Friday night. Um, on Vermont's schedule, their their promotions green out the gut, which sounds pretty gross i'm not i'm sure it's just everybody's gonna try to wear green for that game but it's a bad name for a promotion um so yeah obviously we've played vermont earlier this season two games at mullins lost one won the other one um fairly dominant four to one win on a friday night and then kind of an odd six to two loss um that's the other game that michael travel got pulled so a lot of that loss was kind of on him i think we were in agreement that umass played decently well in that game um they have a tie against providence they lost the other one against providence a split with yukon who's been kind of kind of bad this year um wins at mcgill and st lawrence um two bottom feeder teams a loss at clarkson uh, who isn't having the best year and then most recently uh, a loss at aic who's surprisingly been having a very good season so far i think yeah. last time we checked they were 16th in the pairwise so um Kept it close against AIC. This is a team that can get it done, but I I really want to see UMass come out and dominate this game on next Friday night. Yeah, I mean, I think realistically, right? Here, here's what I'm expecting, and we, you know, we can get into the, the the specifics. But like, I think Cole Brady starts. I think we're gonna see a decent performance out of Cole Brady. I don't think he's gonna set the world alight. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's what he's meant to do. He's there to be a solid tendy. You know what I mean? And that's what he's done in essentially every game he's played so far. You know, he, he's been a fairly calming force. The only time that he got absolutely walloped was when we got owned by Michigan earlier on in the season. It's Michigan. They're going to do that. You know what I mean? Like, they are a very, very talented offensive team. I I don't see that happening, you know, with, with Vermont. You know, like, I think we're going to play a very, very solid game. We're going to look very good offensively. Because that's just, you know, like, we 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 gave them four goals against and then two goals against. That averages out to three. You know what I mean? If you get, if you average that out and you get three goals against Vermont, I think Cole Brady's going to do his job on the other end and, and get it done. Like, I don't think this was an inherently strong offensive team. You know, like, I'm pretty sure the guy, I think it was Jammer, Jeremy Buechler, I'm pretty sure, he had five points against us on that whole weekend. Those were his only five points on the entire season. 
You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that they're going to set the world alight, you know, like when they're at home. Granted, we got burned in the past when I said something like that, but I, I think we're riding too much of a high right now. I think I think we're feeling really good. We're going to go up there. We're going to take care of business, and we're going to get it done. Yeah, I really need UMass to dominate this one. I'm just looking at some team stats for Vermont. Uh, well, well under three goals per game. They're at 2.6 right now. Um, they're three for 33 on the power play. Two of those were against UMass. Yep. So, um, and obviously UMass let up two power play goals against Harvard. So got to clean that up a bit, but obviously a, an area where you can kind of excel, take advantage. And then they're pretty woeful in the faceoff dot. They're less than 47%. So obviously we saw the UMass faceoff dominance in the Harvard game, take advantage in that area. I think, if all if all goes well, even if all doesn't go well, a couple things go wrong. I think UMass can can get a comfortable win here. We saw last time they were in Burlington two years ago, absolutely dominated. Obviously, a very different team back then, but um, I wouldn't say the most uh, the the scariest place in hockey East to go and play, at least as of right now, with the team that they have. So, um, I I think UMass can take can take care care of business, and I'd be a little disappointed if they don't. Honestly, yeah, no, I mean like. You look at you look at what we're going up against, right? And you think, you know, the only times that we've been in real danger this season against them was that six two loss. And that was again, I don't want to say like a like a rabble disaster class, right? But like it wasn't as best. Kinda. They're they're I mean, yeah, I don't want to be that rude. Yeah, about I know. It, you know what I, I mean? Know. Like cause he's been amazing at other points this season. For sure. But you know, that that was not his best game by any stretch yeah. of the imagination. It's not like they earned the majority of the goals that they got. You know what I mean? Like a lot of those were just very simple, you know, goals that Rabel would have wanted back. Mm -hmm. I don't, I, I feel like, I don't want to say that they got lucky against us, but I don't think we brought our A game in all three facets when it comes to, you know, forwards, defending right. goalies. We didn't, right. we didn't bring our A game everywhere. I think, you know, we're coming off of another rough goalie performance. I think Cole Brady's waiting for his chance. I think he's going to get it, you know, let Rabel mentally reset again. And, you know, I think we take care of business because, you know, Cole Brady, you know, he's he's not him per se, but he he should definitely, you know, he is he is a, in my opinion, a mid-tier hockey's goalie. I feel like we are, you know, Vermont is worse than a mid-tier hockey's team. I don't know. That's just me. So I think I think, you know, he he doesn't have that wild irregularity to his stats, if that makes sense. You know, the one game that he didn't do very well, again, it was Michigan. So mm -hmm. I, I genuinely think that, uh, you know, Cole Brady gets it done, and we're going to get a lot of goal goal support, I think, in behind or in front of him, I should say. Yeah, I think you and I are both in agreement that uh, Cole Brady gets gets it a little bit harder than he should. I think he's a little yeah. bit underrated for uh, the two seasons that he's had now for the Minutemen. So. I, I think a lot of people online are very much on the Frabble bandwagon, yep. and I get it. You know what I mean? Like that is completely fair, but it's a bit premature to start saying we don't need another Tendy. You know what I mean? Right. Like you can't just throw full blind confidence into, into Frabble and just pray that it works. You know what I mean? You have to have a good goalie tandem that's going to challenge each other week in and week out. And you got to have some accountability. I feel, I feel like personally, that's, that's the most important thing here is the accountability aspect. Like you can't just hand Frabble the net and just say, all right, man, it's yours. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to, you know, you don't have to hold on to it. It's just, you're going to start every game. That's not the way to do it. You know, you have to, 
make sure that, you know, they know that their job can be challenged at any point. Mm -hmm. You know, who's to say that Jackson Irving doesn't start a game? You know what I mean? We saw that last season. Henry Graham did it. Granted, I feel like that shouldn't be the expectation, right? right. But, like, there should be this, this kind of ability where if the guy that's currently in the net's not getting it done, you got to be able to challenge him. Yep. And I think this is a perfect opportunity to, to show that off and still, you know, not a sense of nervousness or anything, but just a sense of, Hey, I got to pick up my play if I want to continue to be a starting hockey goalie because it's right. a doggy Action, dog world. Have consequences. Yeah, hundred percent. Yes, I I fully agree with you, and I think that's how we're leaning right now. I think Cole Brady's going to get that start on Friday, but we will see um, when the lines come out. Stay stay tuned to our page. We'll definitely have them for you before this game starts. Uh, yeah, do you want to do you want to jump into what else happened in Hockey East this weekend before we go on our way? Let's get it, dude. All right, so uh, a lot of games this weekend. Starting on Wednesday night, a really big tilt's BU versus Quinnipiac uh, at BU, and BU gets the job done. I think Quinnipiac at one point was um, number one. I don't know if it was pairwise or the rankings, I forget, but really good job for BU. Uh, you hate to you hate to see them win, obviously, but um, we, we do talk about it all the time. It is good for us. It's good for the conference, so um, it is what it is there. Helps our pairwise when they get a win against Quinnipiac. On Friday night, Merrimack dismantles Army seven to three. Mm -hmm. uh, re really weird outcome. Bentley beats UMass Lowell four to one. Lowell's having, stinks, Lowell's having a tough year. That's a bad outcome. Um, BC dominates Notre Dame six to one. Um, New Hampshire loses at RIT. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people saying New Hampshire might be overrated. This might be the start of the the downfall there. Um, Arizona State. Uh, really impressive four to three overtime win against Providence at home. Um, haven't seen many of those from Providence, but they're on a little bit of a skid lately. We move to Saturday. UMass dominates Dart or not UMass. UConn dominates <laughs> Dartmouth six to one. UMass would also dominate Dartmouth as of right now. Um, sure. Northeastern skates to a tie with uh, RPI three to three. They're having a really rough season. Um, Merrimack beats Bentley four to three. Army. Goes in and beats Lowell four to two in Lowell. Oh, um, nightmare turn of events for Lowell. Uh, you love to see it. Um, New Hampshire beats RIT four to three in the second game in OT. Um, Cornell beats BU. Uh, that game was at MSG in New York City. Um, Cornell looks pretty legit. We're going to get the chance to play them later this season. So that one doesn't ne necessarily hurt our pairwise. We're going to get our own chances at them. And then there's a couple games on Sunday. Uh, Harvard, again, is playing uh, BC. Northeastern is playing RPI again, and Providence is playing Arizona State again. We don't know those outcomes, obviously, but um, some interesting outcomes there that BU has a couple of uh, headliner games that they keep close. They get the job done in one of them. Uh, Lowell, that's scary Dude, right there. You, UMass low in the standings, old yeah. maybe? Like, what the hell's going on there, man? Like, yeah, I feel like if you were to tell me at the beginning of the season that it was going to be UMass, Lowell, and Northeastern that were kind of, you know, theoretically crapping the bed, so to say, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, I, I probably wouldn't have thought it would have been this bad, you know? Like, I would have expected the usual suspects of, you know, UNH, Vermont, those guys, but, like, they're overperforming. I would say, you know, and yeah, I mean, usually Lowell is kind of that tough defensive team that's going to get the 2-1 win. You know, that's usually what happens. They tend to have good goaltending. You know, 
I don't know what it is this season. I mean, they have uh, a Henry Welsh, I think is their normal goaltender. And then, um, you know, the other guy, <laughs> Luke Pavicic. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not not sure what happened. I mean, I don't know if he played either of those games. I obviously haven't looked at the box scores or anything, but you would figure that if they let in four goals in one game, they'd go to the other Tendy, but I guess he didn't get it done either. So I'm pulling this up because I need to know. Yeah, I'm curious. I mean, it's not like we harbor any sort of ill will towards Pavisic, but like, I mean, well, I don't know. Like, it's definitely still weird that he transferred out, but I don't yep. know. There might be a reason for that. Who knows? But yeah, it's just weird to see him go to a rival and then he's uh, stinking it up, as they say. So I don't know. Uh, well, Pavisic did start against uh, Army and got that loss. So what, what was that? The 4 2 loss? That was the 4-2 loss. Only faced Ooh. 22 shots. Yikes. Gave up four. And then I'm pulling up the, the Bentley outcome right now. That was that was Welsh. So Okay. Pat for the army game. Yeah, and that's not to that's not to like I feel like the, the, the Bentley loss isn't as bad, right? Because I feel like Bentley's a decent team. Like Vanderboys came for Bentley. You know that like like I feel I think Bentley's in a pretty solid spot so far this season. I think they're supposed to be one of the top teams in Atlantic hockey, which granted Guys, it's Atlantic hockey, but that has AIC in it. You know what I mean? Bentley's a decent mm-hmm. team. I feel like Atlantic hockey's been low-key on the rise. I think they have Sacred Heart, who's been decent. Um, so, I mean, Atlantic hockey isn't that bad, but, like... that's dude, uh, pretty... Bentley's 38th in the pairwise, and Army is 55. That's what I was going to say. I'm pretty sure Army is... Uh, how do I put this delicately? Hot ass. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, so, I mean... The fact that they that they'd be Lowell is like, well, what's Lowell's pairwise right now after that? It must be horrendous, right? It's yeah, it's got to be pretty. Lo- They're 29th, actually. After after, wait, how do you lose to? I'm pretty sure Army was worse than than 55th, obviously. Like if they moved up, you know, they must. I think they might have been like 60, 61st before that. So, like, they were genuinely one of the worst teams. Their schedule is really tough. I think their pairwise is staying afloat because of that they had two okay. against BC and two against BU already. Holy moly. Yeah, okay. Uh, that's that's pretty tough, I'll be honest. But, yeah, dude, that's that's friggin' wild. I mean, rip rip Lowell then. But, yeah, rip, dude. Rip Bozo for Lowell. He, he will not be missed. <laughs> we have some uh, BU's looking – very impressive this year. Um, int- I'm, I'm very interested to see Colgate because we've seen Harvard beat them, but they beat BU. And obviously, uh, they Colgate had a, a ranked vote earlier, uh, a first place ranked vote earlier this year. Wait, who? So, oh, am I saying Colgate? Colgate? I meant yeah, Cornell. you said Colgate. I was like, hold on, wait a second. <laughs> Everything I just said is about Cornell. I saw uh, Colgate really low in the pairwise when I was looking for those other teams. Yeah. So yeah, Cornell. I was, I, was doing, I was doing the math in my head. I'm like, something's not making sense here. <laughs> so yeah, they're they're going to be an interesting team. I think we get them in the first round of the uh, the Lake Placid games. So that'll be interesting to see. But any anything else that stands out in those those outcomes for you? I mean, you said you said the Merrimack game was there was who did they play? It was like seven three. You said. Yeah, they beat a they beat a bad team. I'm trying to trying to pull that one up. Yeah, again. Who it was? They said it might have been Bentley, actually. Yeah, it was Bentley. Yeah, I no, mean, so they 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 beat Army seven to three. Oh, it was Army. Then, okay. Um, yeah, and that then they played Bentley the next night and beat them four to three. Gotcha. Okay. So they, yeah. they swapped they swapped with uh Lowell for yeah. That's that's what I was thinking. Okay. Yeah, I mean, definitely some interesting opponents to say the least. You know, like I feel like. Like you said, Army has a freaking tough record. You know, like I don't want to focus in on Army too much here because I know it's, we're trying to keep this hockey east. But yeah, yeah that's kind of nuts. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, so wait, did you say were there any Providence scores in there? I was trying to hone in on Providence. Yeah, they uh they lost in overtime to Arizona State, and then they play them again today. It's Sunday. Okay. Yeah. No, I ended up. I I did see uh one of the goals from Arizona State. They've been legit this season. Yeah. Which is weird though, because if I remember correctly, Arizona State I think is playing like eighty percent of their games at home. Because I want to, I think they're independent still. They are. They are. So they still have full control over their you know schedule and. Yeah, playing 80% of their games at home, like, you know, that's a little crazy to me. I feel like they might have a bit of a home ice advantage, if that makes sense. Yep. So, I mean, I don't want to make too many gross claims about them, but, like, I feel like once it gets to, you know, tournament time, and if they have to play away from home, I, I genuinely don't like their chances. I feel like they're going to be way too, you know, used to playing at their home ice, that once they go away, it's just not going to look good for them. But we'll see. <laughs> Speaking of, they're uh, they're coming to Lake Placid. We may play them on uh, on December thirty So could that'll be a, be a weird one. That'll yeah. be fun for sure, though. I'm, I'm yep. definitely looking forward to going to Lake Placid. Which yeah, me too. reminds me, we got to figure out our tickets for that. Yeah, we will be there. Um, if you're there, keep an eye out for us. One last thing about Hockey East, BC looks really legit. We don't have to really talk about it much, but they yeah. look, they look really legit. I'm I'm a little bit worried about them. I mean. Um, I don't mind talking about it, dude. Like, yeah. you know, as much as I, you know, dislike the institution, like it is what it is. Like we gotta, we gotta talk about them all the same. They're a legit team. They, they get those like the, the U S you know, development team guys, like they got a bunch of first rounders. They, I'm pretty sure. I think like three of their top scorers right now are in like the top four of hockey scores. I think behind Macklin, mm-hmm. I think it's like Will Smith, Gabe Perot and freaking Cutter. Like they got, they got some talent on that freaking they got team, dudes. Dude. Yeah. So I mean, we'll see. I think all of their goalies are freshmen, though, which is kind of weird. Like they have no experience. Which mm-hmm. I mean, I basically, I'm pretty sure I said that in like our like kind of preseason little like ranking thing that like I did, and I think we talked about it briefly. Yeah. In a, in a preseason episode, is like that team is going to be good if their goaltending's good. And as far as I can tell, their goaltending's been pretty good. I think it's like Jacob Fowler or whatever. Um, he's been pretty solid. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll we'll see how we do against them. I don't think we play them until like what February. Yeah, that sounds about right. But yeah, I mean we'll we'll see how that goes for sure. That's going to be a game to watch. It will be for sure. Uh, BC number one in pairwise right now. UMass at eighth, so really really solid position. That's very good. There. Um, UMass is ranked eleventh in the latest poll. We'll see if they go up. Probably won't be a big jump this week, but hopefully open top ten. Yes, that would be ideal. We were hoping for that after the Providence games. It didn't happen, so hopefully this is the time now with a with a solid eighth-place pairwise spot. That is all we have for this episode. Um, again, this is our 100th high-character episode. If you've, been, if you've been with us from the start, you're a real one. Um, we love being able, being able to do this for you guys. Obviously, last season, it's a bit more of a drag with the, with the team that we had, but this season has been an absolute blast. Um, we get so excited to, to go to these games and record. I'm getting an episode out for you guys. We hope we hope you're feeling the same. Our ratings have been the best they've ever been. So yeah. I think that's the case. But um feels feels great to get to the 100th episode. I'll let you talk about it for a little Dude, bit. Dude, the centennial episode. Like, it, it, I mean, it, it, again, it feels weird to say, but like, it's been it's been an awesome season so far. Like you said, the ratings have been great. I feel like you know we've seen a lot of fans out there in the wild, so to speak, like at away games, at home games, mm-hmm. at home games, like everybody's been super supportive, you know what I mean? And I feel like that's been, you know, a major part of the reason why we're still doing this. Like I probably said it before, but like if we had five or 10 views per episode and nobody really cared, we'd kind of think like, what's the point? You know what I mean? But like 
we've been getting so much engagement. People have been, you know, like just loving all the content that we've been putting out. So it's been, it's made it so much easier, you know, like even, even some of the players on the team and like the coaching staff has been super appreciative. Like it feels awesome to be like so supported by you guys. Like UMass is an amazing institution to root for. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's so awesome. I love the athletics that we have and yeah, it's been just such a fun ride. I feel like if you asked me at the beginning of the season, I wouldn't be expecting to be doing this well this early. Mm-hmm. So the fact that we're, you know, doing this well so far has been nothing short of a treat to make episodes about. And, you know, here's to another hundred, you know, here's to another thousand. Who knows how many we're going to do? I don't freaking know, man. We'll figure it out. But yeah, it's been so much fun to to do what we've done. And I just want to, as always, give a massive, you know, shout out and thank you to everybody that's been listening and engaging with our stuff. You guys make it so easy to keep to keep doing what we do. Absolutely. Yeah. You guys make it super easy. This team has been making it really easy lately too. Um, personnel on the team, not even just on the ice, off the ice. It's It's been an absolute blast. And like you said, here's to the next 100 high character episodes. That's all we got. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, this team looks really solid. So make sure you show you support. Uh, obviously we know uh, um, some of the other like UMass programs have, have not been pulling their weight, so to speak. So um, if you have the opportunity, throw throw all you got at hockey right now. They yes, this, sir. Team, this team really deserves it. Not to say shouldn't support other other programs, obviously, but like this team, it's, it's, it seems like it's still almost fine under the radar. Um, they're ranked yeah. 11th in the country. They might be top 10 next week, and they're still flying under. They the will radar. be top 10. Yeah, and uh, Mullins isn't getting full every night. So let's let's get some some of our attention in the hockey. This team deserves it, um, and they're absolutely fun to watch. So. With that being said, thank you guys once again for listening. Go UMass. Go UMass. Take care, everybody. Happy 100th episode once again. And let's take care of business in Burlington, baby. Let's go. Let's go.